light. It illuminates, it reveals, it exposes everything. It lights the path and it shows the way. But without light, everything is hidden. And in the dark, our secrets are safe. Hurts, fears, wounds, sins, shortcomings, realities that we would rather avoid. Darkness provides a measure of safety and security. But it is a lie. Darkness may hide the truth, but it cannot change it. And the truth is that you were made to shine, to reflect the divine light of a Savior who entered into the world, to shine on our communities and neighborhoods, on our friends and on our families. We exist to shine because light has come and the darkness cannot win. How many of you guys love receiving a gift, especially maybe a surprise gift? Let me see your hands. If your spouse's hand is raised, you need to pay attention, especially if that's news for you, right? How many of you are just like, if somebody brings me my favorite coffee or if somebody was like, hey, I was in the store and I saw this thing and it reminded me of you and that just like warms your heart, right? Maybe you've taken the five love languages and you just know that giving and receiving gifts is absolutely your love language. My wife, Melissa, loves receiving gifts, especially when I travel. Whenever I go anywhere, she always wants me to bring her something back. And I have a hard time with that because I forget until I'm in the airport. And, uh, and that's just the truth. It's not because I'm not thinking about her. It's not because I don't love her. It's just because my brain doesn't work that way. And so I'm in the airport scrambling, trying to be like, you know, here's a stuffed animal. It's cute and you're cute, right? Heart face, smiley face emoji. What do I do here? Uh, so, but my wife loves getting gifts and I've had to learn that over the years that I've got to put time and effort into the gifts because I want it to be meaningful for her. And here's why I'm telling you you that. It's because I'm traveling this week. And uh, so I figured if all of you kept me accountable, that maybe I'd stand a chance at, remember, actually it's because we're on week four of our vision series. And today we're talking about giving of ourselves. And God is a God who loves to give us good gifts. So we've been spending this time looking at our core values, kind of the things that make us tick as a church. Some of that's been new and exciting, and we've had this kind of interactive painting that we've been working with throughout it. So week one, we talked about this idea that we as a church and that we as individuals exist to shine the light and the love of Jesus Christ, and we put our stars in the sky, signifying that we were going to be lights that shine in the darkness, both corporately and as individuals. Then two weeks ago, we talked about this idea of belonging and the core value of of creating an authentic community, right? Not just a place where we show up to on Sunday morning and not just a place that we can go once a week, but actually a place where we find value and relationships and places to belong to a family. And we put thumbprints on some trees to kind of signify that this is a place where we belong. Then last week we talked about grow, that when we grow in our faith, we talked about discipleship and small group communities and how we grow in community. And that's the little guys around the campfire in that picture. And so today we're working on our last piece of this picture as we talk about give, which the core value that we're aiming at here is generosity, a generousness of spirit in everything that we do and in all areas of our life. You may have heard uh, this saying, right, that God loves a cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians uh, 9, 7, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a generous 
generous spirit. He loves it when we give of ourselves to him and of his kingdom. This matter is close to the heart of God, I believe. As I was researching and kind of reading throughout this week, I stumbled upon a quote by a pastor. His name's Rick Warren. He wrote uh, Purpose Driven Life a few years back. And here's his quote about giving. He says, we are never more like God than when we give. We are never more like God than when we give. That's a huge statement. That's kind of a a stop you in your track statement and kind of think about through that. Why would that be true? What does that tell us about ourselves? And what does that tell us about this God that we serve? And here's why I think this is true. And here's why I think it's important. I think that when we come to terms with God and the God that's revealed in Scripture and who he is in his nature, we, we learn that God is fundamentally a giver. That God is one who gives of himself. He pours himself out for the sake of us, his creation, for the people that he loves. James 1.17 says it this way, that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. The translation there is that the good things that we have in our lives are all gifts from our heavenly Father. Whether it's the things that we have, the house that we have, the cars that we drive, everything comes down from God. Now, you might raise an objection there. You might say, well, that's actually not true for me. I've worked hard for everything that I have, everything that I've gotten, I've earned, and, and okay, I'll give you that. Um, but there's this thing called uh, like creation. And so I just wonder how your hard work pays off without like air. You know what I mean? Like, I think at that point, our life plan kind of runs dry and we go, yeah, maybe I worked hard, maybe I achieved a lot, but whenever we pull the layers back, we realize fundamentally that the reason that we're here and not not here is because we serve a generous and gracious and a God who loves to give good gifts. I mean, God spoke from nothing and all of a sudden everything came into existence. The fancy Latin word here for this creation in Genesis is ex nihilo, and it literally means Out of nothing, God creates. That means there wasn't molecules, there wasn't quarks, there was no subatomic particles, no air, no planets. And then in a big bang, maybe, right, in a boom, right, God speaks, and all of a sudden all of creation is breathed into existence, which means the fact that we're here on this tiny speck of dust that's spinning around our solar system, around the Milky Way galaxy, is a testimony to the generous gift of God our Father. We're here simply because God is a generous God who loves to give good gifts. And I think this extends not only to our physical life, but also to our spiritual life, right? The very reason that we're here in church today is because at some layer, at some level, we're exploring this idea of a God who loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for us, to purchase our sin, to pay our debt so that we could spend eternity with God. Such is the generous nature of God. He picks up the bill, and not just like the bill for dinner, right? Not just that one-time big travel expense. He takes the mortgage. He takes our student loan. He takes everything that was bad and yucky about us, and he just rips it up in the cross, and he gives us a way for our our, uh, eternal life to be spent with him forever. So here's, here's the only thing that I want to draw this correlation to. When we talk about giving, I'm not asking you to give out of yourself, I'm asking you to come face to face and come terms to terms with this God who is generous to you. And when we give of ourselves, no matter what arena that that's in, we give out of what he's given to us. 
We recognize first and foremost his generosity, his goodness to us and in our lives. And when we give back, we respond in accordance with that. And when you learn generosity in this way, generosity becomes more than an obligation. It becomes a joy. It becomes a spiritual expression of this God who gave everything for us. Because fundamentally, we give because God first gave. That's where all giving starts, no matter whether we're talking about serving or whether we're talking about giving resources or just giving our time or talents. All of those things play in because God first gave generously to us. Giving comes from that understanding, from starting of that place with God because God gives freely. And this is why here at the porch, we just talked about membership a little bit ago. We don't require members to tithe here. It's not a requirement. And here's the reason why. It's because I think if I'm doing my job and pointing people to a generous God who loves them and gives to them generously, that they're going to learn, that you're going to learn, that we're going to learn together what it is to give back in that way. When we make it a requirement, an obligation, a rule, we all of a sudden miss the point of what God's trying to create in us, which is a spirit of generosity, not a spirit of following and obeying the laws. So before we go any further, God gives freely, generously, and he always gives good gifts. Everything that exists, everything that ever has existed is here because God is a giver. And my hunch, my presupposition for us today is that if you follow God long enough that you'll get that bug. You'll catch on and you'll experience a bit of that generosity for yourself. So with that in mind, let's talk about what it looks like to give. What are we specifically talking about? What are the arenas with which we're going for? And we're going to start right where you all think we're going to start. We're going to start with number one with treasure. I don't mean treasures in heaven, right? I mean treasures in the most basic sense of the word. The things that are valuable in this world, the things that are valuable in this life. I'm talking about money, resources, those types of things. I know I just said money in relation to giving. All our new guests are never coming back. Woe is us. What are we going to do, right? Hold on before you go down that track. Let me just remind you of something. And this is shocking. I actually had to research this a lot. Did you know that God already knows about money? I know, right? Shocking. Who'd have thought that God actually knows about this stuff? As a matter of fact, you may have heard this stat before, but Jesus talks more about money in the New Testament in relation to his teaching and his parables than he does about heaven or hell combined. Now, before you get up out of your seats and walk out and say, see, I told you the church just wants your money. That's what all churches want. Let's just stop for a second and let me just tell you why I think money is such an an important factor in what Jesus talks about. To do that, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, if you brought a Bible, want to pull it up on your smartphone, I would highly encourage you to do that. Uh, If not, we do have Bibles here. I'd encourage you just to slip your hand up. Our ushers are coming around right now. They'd love to let you borrow a Bible. You can uh, return this at the end of service, or if you don't own a Bible, Bible, uh, please just keep this. It's our gift to you. We want you to have God's Word in your life. If you happen to be using one of these Bibles, we're going to be on page 457. 457. If you brought your own Bible, I can't tell you the page number. Sorry, you got to figure it out. Matthew chapter 6. That's funny, guys. I'm being funny up here, and y'all are just... It hurts my feelings. Here we go. Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be in verse uh, 19. I'm a familiar verse, but uh, it addresses a little bit of this subject. Uh, Matthew six nineteen. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. And catch this, for where your treasure is... 
there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, I don't know if you catch this, but it's not like God saying, hey, give me your money, I need your money, what am I going to do, how are we going to fund this church, blah, 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 blah. It really kind of sounds like God's not even after treasure. He's after offering you something better than treasure. And he's trying to draw this correlation that where our heart is, those are the things that we love and value. See, God is not after your money. I don't know if you caught this from earlier, but he can create stuff out of nothing, right? That's a pretty sweet talent. That means that he can create gold out of thin air, no problem. It means that he can multiply fish and loaves easy. It means he could heal the sick and charge what the hospital charges us, and he'd be a gazillionaire, right? He could, that's funny too, guys. Am I just talking too fast this morning? Catch up. Here we go, right? God can do all of these things. He's not after our resources. God is after and has always been after our eternal soul. That piece of us that lasts forever, God wants that, but he doesn't want to contain it. He doesn't want to trap it or own it. He wants to give it the freedom to spend eternity where it most desires to spend eternity. And so when we talk about this verse that where our treasure is, there our heart will be also, God is teaching us a spiritual truth. That the things that we love, the things that we value, where our treasure is, that's where our heart is. That's where our soul is. It's the things that attaches us. And if we don't do our homework to remove the temptation for our treasure to be here and now, then we may miss the opportunity of spending eternity with where God is. See, God is after our sanctification. He's after the purification of our souls to be in right relationship with him for eternity. And just as we talked about last week, if we're not careful, things grow alongside in our relationship with God. And the verse that we talked about last week specifically referenced the love of money as a weed that grows up and chokes out our desire for God. Jesus talks about money not because he needs it, but because we need to find a way to break the stranglehold that our treasure has on us here and now. And that could be money. It may be a car. It may be a house or a vacation house. It may be an NFL team after the Twitter storm of last weekend and all that came down uh, from those things. But whatever it is, whatever has your heart, Jesus says that's where your treasure will be also. And God is lovingly and tenderly saying, hey, I want to give you the best treasure. I want you to have the best, not the worst. And so when it comes to our generosity, yes, it means our resources at times, but it's not because God needs it. It's because we need to learn the relationship between our God and our treasure. Quite frankly, this is what tithing does for us. When we give back to God, tithing doesn't pay for your seat at church. It isn't your part of the ministry here. The tithe is simply returning to God what is his. And when we refuse to tithe, to give God the first 10% of our finances, what we're saying is that we trust our bank account more than we trust our God to provide for us. That's the fundamental reality is that we put our finances, the things that we have, over what God says he is and over our provider. And this isn't to guilt or to shame anyone. and It isn't because the church needs money. What the church needs, what God wants, and what I want for you is fundamentally the freedom of your heart and your soul to spend eternity with God. I want you to have a truly blessed life to be free from the curse of money. Jesus describes money that way. And I want you to see and experience God's goodness. And if you haven't discovered how to give generously from those things that we treasure here and now, you're missing out on what God has for you because he has so much more than the treasure here and now where moths break in and where rats break in and steal. 
because we aren't putting our provision in his hands, right? This is Acts 20, 35. And everything that I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That's what I want us to learn together. That's what I want generosity to come about. I want us to not only say that and to say, yeah, I kind of think that's true. I want us to live that out, to actually go that we are more blessed. We feel more of God's favor and his fulfillment on our lives when we give of everything that we have rather than when we keep it to ourselves. So, yes, Treasure is a piece of what it looks like to give back to God. And it's not out of obligation. If you're feeling obligated, then by all means, don't. But it's to come face to face with the God of the universe who loves us and to give out of that extension. So now that that's out of the way, right? We got the big elephant out of the room. Let's keep going here. What else is going on? In view of all that God's given to us, we give to him out of the abundance of what he's given to us. And yes, that can include our treasure, our resources, our money, the things that this world says are valuable. And not, by the way, that's not only here and in the church, that's around the world. If the causes of Houston and Puerto Rico and international agencies are on your mind, by all means, give generously there as well. But we also give back to God, give back to his kingdom through our talents. Talents are, are simply right, things that we're talented at, right? Translation, you're good at stuff. How do you use that stuff for the kingdom of God? Whether it's serving in a ministry or developing something in ourselves, these can be skills or trades or things that we've learned, abilities or gifts that God has given us. Um, and all of these things can be used to make God's kingdom work, can be used in service for his kingdom. Some gifts are easier to identify here. Some talents are easier to see ways in which they benefit God's kingdom, like maybe art. How you doing over there, April? Doing pretty good? Maybe art's your gift, right? That can be used to serve the gift of God as we've kind of explored about this. Maybe it's music for you and you're going, yeah, I want to be a piece of that. Maybe you like computers and buttons and widgets. Let me introduce you to our tech team. There's more buttons back in that booth than you can push in a lifetime. I promise. Maybe for you, it's uh, gifts of serving in kids' ministry. You just love to be uh, in that area and working with students. Let me just tell you, I, I don't know if we realize what's going on just on the other side of these walls, um, but this is not babysitting, right? If, if anything, I'm babysitting you, and they're the ones who are getting the spiritual education. But just let me share, I want to share two quick stories. Uh, one, I think, was last week. I don't quite have the timeline right, but uh, they were talking about building towers, and the lesson was friendship. And at, in the midst of building towers, all of a sudden, you know how kids are, they started destroying everyone else's towers. And the teacher who happened to be there that week, it might have even been her first week serving, was able to tell the story, the friendship that they'd been talking about, and to connect it with their behavior that very morning. And this story got back to me through my kids and through some other kids. And so there's just this opportunity that this teacher had to go life on life and to go, hey, what you're doing right now is in connection with what God is teaching us. And that lesson made it home. Maybe some of you got to hear that story. Another story that was just last week is, I don't know if you know this, but, but as kids get younger with social media in the world, the, I just heard this phrase, right, that 14 is the new 24 which means that the freedom of the world and the openness of expression that maybe we felt when we turned 24 now because of social media and, and, uh, and all of those, the internet, all those types of things, that type of freedom comes at 14, which is when kids get their smartphone and really understand the internet access that they have. Translation is that kids at a younger age are dealing with more adult stuff. And so we've got a fourth and fifth grade classroom and we've got students who are going through some really, really, really big 
personal stuff. And one got to share last week and the teacher got to circle the conversation around and the students got to encourage him and to say, hey, I've been through something like that too and got to be just a piece of that relationship. We were talking about growing in community and the kids last week were experiencing growth in their faith because of the community around them. Guys, what's going on the other side of these walls is so, so huge. And kids may not be your thing and that's okay, but maybe you want to be a part of whatever that is. And I would encourage you that whatever happens, whatever is a piece of that, discovering your God-given talents, the gifts, the passions, the things that he's put at your heart, in your heart and unleashing them for his kingdom, not only has dividends in our lives to spiritually transform us and to turn us into the people that God wants us to be, but it fundamentally has a rippling and cascading effect on the people whose lives that we serve with. We're all blessed every week by the people who lead us in worship. Our kids are blessed by their teachers. And no matter what your gifting, your resources, your talents are, you have a place to be able to pour those things out. There is no minuscule talent. There is no talentless people. Everybody has something that they can contribute. And let me just say it this way. If you have a gift and a talent and you haven't found a way to unleash it in God's kingdom, the the kingdom is the worse off for you. Because then somebody else has to do your job. Like maybe you're just the best greeter ever, right? Like that's just your personality. You love to smile and say hi to people. And if you don't step in and serve that way, that means somebody like me has to be the greeter. And nobody wants that, right? Big bearded face just grimacing as people walk in. That's not okay. Maybe your gifting is cooking. And if you don't cook, that means that I got to order takeout. And that's not the same, right? It's just fundamentally not the same piece. Whatever gifting you have, if you're not stepping in and using it for God's kingdom, then the kingdom is the worst. This applies to the world, too. If we're going to be lights that shine in the darkness, using our gifts and resources, not just for our profit, not just for our jobs, but how do we pour ourselves out in such a way that the world sees it, and when they ask us, we get to go, oh, that's because of Jesus. It's because of the God that I serve and I represent, that I serve so faithfully on our PTO, that I'm a part of our community, that I give back to our community in this way. And here's my challenge to you. There's two things here. There's a blank there, right, that says, my ministry is in your bulletin. If you can't fill in that blank, if you don't have a ministry, if you don't have a thing that you do, that you enjoy doing, that's a piece of you giving back to God's community that uses your gifts, talents, and resources, that's a problem. It's a problem if you don't have something to write in there. And again, it doesn't have to be in the local church. Your ministry could be at your kid's school. It could be out in the community. I don't know what that is, but it needs to be identifiable to you as a way in which God has gifted and equipped you, and then you give back to the community, to the people, to the world around you. Conversely, maybe you're sitting here going, yeah, but, but I don't have a talent, right? I don't have a thing. Like The only thing I'm good at is knitting, and I don't see how that works out. Let me tell you, we can knit socks for people and uh, knit wool hats for people and they'll be blessed throughout the winter. There's all kinds of opportunities. So here's my challenge. If you're in that box and going, I don't have a thing, I don't have a talent, there's nothing that I'm good at, you get to write that down in the comment section and you and I will go out to coffee, we'll go out to lunch and we'll talk about the ways in which God has gifted and equipped you and we'll find a way for you to do that here in the church. There's a box in the bottom of your bulletin that just says serve. If you're thinking, man, I don't have anything to do, check that box, I'll email you, we can have a deeper conversation about the things in which you're gifted, passionate about, and talented at, and to find a way for you to use that for God's kingdom. 
So that's what we're talking about with give. We've got treasure, right? Resources, money, the things that we earn, breaking the hold that money has on us. We've got our talents, right? The things that we're good at, things that we're passionate about. The last thing that I would say there from Scripture and maybe you've heard before is time, right? We can give of our time, talent, and treasure. I just reversed the order uh, because I'm weird like that. So time. Uh, You know all that free time that you have when you're just sitting around the house going, man, I wonder what I'm going to do today. Yeah, me neither, right? We don't have a lot of free time. Life is busy. And I don't know if you're like me, but all of my time is mapped out. I'm kind of married to my Google Calendar, literally. You can ask my office staff who works with me. Every hour of my day is accounted for and every hour is mapped out. And the reason for that is because if I don't have my time mapped out, it just goes crazy. I don't get the things done that I want. My time is precious, right? I've got young kids who need my time and attention. And so I map out my time and my calendar. And here's the reality for me. I don't know if this is true for you, but if it isn't on my calendar, then it doesn't get done. That's just how I work. If it doesn't have a time slot, if it doesn't have a place in my work week or in my personal life, then it simply doesn't get done, which means if you were to look at my calendar, you would see things like date night. That makes it on my calendar. You would see times like walking my kids to school and making sure that I spend time with them. You'd also see things like prayer and journaling and going through my devotional life with my Heavenly Father. Because if that's not on my calendar, then it doesn't get done. I just get too busy. And so the answer here is not for you to get like me and map out all of your time. I'm not saying that. But my simple question is this, is if we look at your calendar, how you spend your time, is there evidence of your relationship with God? Is there evidence of you giving back to his kingdom, to his community, and the things that you do? What does it look like for you to be generous with your time as it comes to giving to God's kingdom? Right? Let me me just say it this way. God has so much for us to do that if we don't set the time aside to be able to do that, then we won't ever achieve the things that he has for us to achieve because our time will get busy and filled with things that are periphery or that don't matter or that will get filled with us just kind of sitting on the couch waiting for something to happen. So here's the way I would phrase that question. Do you have time to give to God? Do you have time, freedom, flexibility, space in your schedule where God gets it? Whether that's serving, whether it's pouring out in your community, whether it's your own personal devotional life, do you have time to give to God? Again, for me, if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't exist. I don't know what that looks like for you. But how do you give of your time to God's kingdom? Because we give fundamentally from everything that God has given us. We give of our time and our talents and our treasures only because God has been generous to us in that way. And maybe you're sitting back going, man, I don't know that I've experienced that generosity. I don't know that I've received that kind of gift from God. Then I would encourage you to take a moment and to think through this God who loves you and your relationship there. And maybe today you need to have a conversation or maybe we need to get together and have a deeper spiritual conversation about all that God has given it and profited to us, whether that's in our life following him or maybe as we come to terms with what it is for him to be the Lord and Savior of our lives. But where do you need to give? out of the abundance that God has given you. Maybe you're sitting there and going, man, I know that God's putting his finger on this particular area. I know that I need to get involved in serving. I know that I need to spend my time doing the things that God has asked me to do. I would just encourage you to recognize that this isn't a duty, but that it's given through joy. It's given with a spirit of generosity. And if you're not there, then don't do anything. Stop it 
and figure out how you give with a joyous offering in response to all that has been given to you. I'm not asking for you to give more. I'm asking for you to come face to face with the God who's given you so generously and who asks in return for our time, our talent, and our treasure. Because when it comes to giving, what we're really talking about is a spiritual discipline, a spiritual maturity that grows over time. There's a reason why this isn't first. It's because it's a piece of this trajectory, this discipling action. And we as a church are not just here to do three good things, right? Shine, belong, grow, give. Those are nice words and they exist cool on a piece of paper. But the opportunity here is actually to develop people. It's why as we did this painting, you remember that we started with shining the light. We started with some stars in the background there, and then we put Christ now as the front and foremost star in the sky. And then we drew some trees, and belonging is a piece of that, uh, of that filling into the family of God, and it fills in the leaves. Growth happens in community and around a fire, and it's a community that builds therein. And now today we're talking about give, and you see that the fire has been taken from the group fire and is now being shared individually uh, and through our logo that's kind of developing there as April paints. Again, for us, this isn't just simply words. This is a process by which people become the people that God has called them to. You may notice some of the slides behind me. There's a tiny little icon there at the bottom, and I haven't drawn much attention to these, but now that we're kind of at the end, I just want to let you see a little bit of the visual imagery there. So when we go to belong, at the bottom of belong, there's just this group of sticks The group of sticks is just, right, kindling. It's just people coming together. It's when we gather on Sunday mornings. It's when we gather to serve, when we belong together as a family. We're just kind of building the place where God can do his work. The next slide is grow, and you'll see it's that exact same picture. It's the exact same bundle of sticks, but now there's a fire being kindled because as we grow in people's faith, we fan the flames of affection and of Christ that are involved in there. And all of a sudden, what was just a gathering, what was just people coming together, all of a sudden there's a spark of God's work and God's spirit. And lastly, what we hope that translates to is people move through authentic community and authentic growth in their faith. It moves to radical generosity, which is taking of that light. And you see it's one of the sticks from the fire and it's the fire now being given out. Whether this is to a friend, to a family member, to a coworker, whether this represents salvation for someone, whether it represents our time, our talents, or our treasure, we're moving along in a spiritual growth paradigm maturing ourselves and maturing our faith. And the end result when we put all of these things together is that we shine. This is how the lantern gets lit. We put ourselves out there for the work that God is doing and we shine into the darkness and into the world and we gather more sticks to come in and belong and we kindle their faith so that it fans into a flame and when the flame is ready to go, then we pass it off and pass the baton to somebody else. These aren't just key words for us. They aren't just ways that you plug in here. These are ways that we develop intentionally people to become the people of God, the people that God wants us to be in the world. And so I hope that you recognize that this series has all been tied together to develop our faith, to develop our maturity, and to get us to this point. So with that being said, you may not be at the place in your relationship with God or with Christ or with this church to give. I understand that. You have freedom and flexibility to do whatever you need to find yourself at a place. Maybe you're just at belonging. You're just going, I just want to know if I can hang out here. That's great. You're invited. Come have lunch with us. 
Maybe you're going, man, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christ follower, and I'm looking for, I'm looking for a place where I can fan that flame, where I can grow in my faith. You need to find a small group, a community group, the men's group, the women's group, some way to get involved with people because growth happens in community. And maybe you're here, you're going, man, I've been a Christ follower, and I know that God calls me to give of my time, talent, and treasure, but I've just stopped. Or it's become a duty for me, it's become an obligation for me, then let me just encourage you to find the joy that comes from your Heavenly Father showering you with good gifts and to respond in accordance with joy and generosity and with faith in all that he's called us to do as we give back. Because when we pour ourselves out, when we share the fan and fan the flame of Christ's affection, that's how not only we're transformed, but how the entire world is transformed into the image and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's just pray together as we end here and encourage you to bow your heads and take just a moment to do business with God. Maybe he laid something on your heart and you just need to acknowledge that. Maybe you need to set up an action plan with God and to go, yep, I'm gonna have that conversation about serving. We're gonna have that conversation about tithing. I'm gonna talk with my spouse or with my family about what it would mean for us to give our time in a significant way or to pour ourselves out for God's kingdom, whatever it is. Don't let this just be wisdom. Don't let this just be words up front here. Let it sink down into your heart because where your heart is, that's where your treasure is also. And we want our treasure to be focused on God's kingdom. And then I would encourage you to take whatever action step you need to take, whether it's a conversation with me, a spouse, family members, whatever it is, and to do that which God is calling you to do in order to give back, not just for other people, not just for the sake of doing something, but for the sake of spiritual maturity and transformation, for the growth within your own life and out of response to the generous gift that is Christ Jesus in your life. So we give back. Heavenly Father, God, would you encourage and equip us to do these things now? God, that these wouldn't just be words on a page, that they wouldn't just be something that we painted one time, but that they would be life transformational for us. That as we blaze this path together as a church, God, that you would share and equip with us how to do exactly what you've called us to do, how to be lights that shine in the darkness, God, to be your people in this world. Fundamentally, God, I think that takes us giving back of ourselves, of the generous things that you give us and learning how to give generously of our time, talent, and treasure, God. But only you can do that. Only you can transform our hearts to do something that's so unnatural that it becomes a joy for us and not an obligation. And so, God, that's my prayer for us, that you would take us on the journey from doing things that we have to do or should do and make them things that we love to do because we love you. And you give generously to us. And because of your generosity, we give generously to the world around us. Heavenly Father, equip us to do that in your name and in the name of your son Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit. All God's kids said,